up a tab, grab a seat, and pour a pint. It's time for the Beer Guys Radio Show. You want free beer? Go to the brewery. Dedicated to the art, science, and enjoyment of craft beer. Yo, what's wrong with the beer we got? Now, here are your hosts, Tim Dennis and Brian Hewitt. And welcome to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We are radio for the local craft beer movement. We're broadcasting from the Beer Guys Radio Studios at Ironmonger Brewing in Marietta, Georgia. I'm Tim Dennis. And I'm Brian Hewitt. This week, we're talking with Stefan Filippo. Uh, Director of Sales from Kalamazoo, Michigan's Arcadia Ales. Stefan, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. How are you doing? Very good. Very good. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great. It's hot up here in Michigan, so I bet it's real hot it? down there in Georgia. You know, we've been scorching hot, but we actually got a little a little break today because we're we're now under 42 feet of water in oh, the city wow. of Atlanta. Hey, so, well. It, it knocked us down about 20 degrees. Hey, so well, that's, we're that. we haven't gotten rain in a couple of weeks up here, so send it our okay. way. Okay. Okay. We'll send it to you. We're all done right. with it. You all can right. have all of it. Hey. Yeah. And we've got a special guest with us today. We have Rory Hawkins, AKA Catlanta, a local artist. We've got a very cool project and a cool beer that Rory brought to share with us. Uh, so how you doing, Rory? Great. Thanks for having me. You bet. So we'll talk about that a little later in the show. So. That sounds great. So, Brian, another busy beer drinking week, as we're known to do, right? Indeed, yes. So, I really enjoyed, we went to Variant in Roswell, one of our uh, favorite breweries, and they had a collaboration they'd released with Heaven and L out of uh, Chattanooga that we got to check out. Uh, We did a run up there. Yes. Did a little Chattanooga beer run, and they had one called Galapagosa, which uh, goes with passion fruit and lychee. And I I think you should know, Brian, that I did a good bit of homework on how to pronounce lychee and it's highly contested out there. I've heard lychee and lychee. And I've heard uh, that there should be a T in there, lychee. So oh, really? anyhow, I'm going to say lychee. I found that, but uh, I think you know what I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's, I usually hear lychee. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've got to also got a beer mail from uh, one of our friends of the show, Daryl down in Florida. He sent me a lot of good beers. We're going to get into a few of those. So, all in all, a pretty good beer week. Yeah, and and we also made a stop over at Pontoon. Can't forget that we did the uh, the the pain kill or a kill the pain. Excuse me, kill the pain the, kill the, kill the pain. Yes. Berliner painkiller, basically inspired by the the painkiller cocktail. Correct. So yes, yeah. lots of spices and interesting stuff going on there. I I really had to go hit the uh, fluffy otter again since I saw it was on tap. That made that it, made me quite it excited. It is stout season. Yes, it um, is. It's always stout season. Right. And that is that is a pretty e- uh, easy drinking stout for uh, for the weather we have. It is. It's yeah. now now it's really damp and moist, so that probably helps a lot. Also, did a little uh, stop by Red Brick to check out some of their latest, uh, you know, Beer Dad and Dad Beer, which I I still get the two confused. I don't know why. I just can't seem to break through that uh, thing. But it is confusing. Dad Beer is the ESB, yeah. and Beer Dad is the Lager Wine. Correct. I think that's right. I, right. I, I'm pretty sure that is. Yeah, I thought I had that written down. I, I do not. But uh, I did. I was really excited to get some bottles of uh, Conjuring Cultures. That was kind of one of my bigger motivating factors of going there. It was, it was fun. It's and, a great beer. And then I made a trip over, over the weekend to Hop Sticks to get some of that miso ramen and some of their rice and shine lager. Very good cool. stuff. Very cool. Stefan, do you get into any interesting beers this week? 
Um, this week I've been doing a lot of paperwork in the office, so uh, have been enjoying some New England uh, milkshake IPAs that we've been uh, doing some experimental pilot batches on. So uh, that's exciting. I don't know if the, those have made their way uh, your way yet. Oh yes, but uh, it's becoming Very a much. pretty yeah. big thing. Pretty big thing up here in Michigan. So we've been playing around with uh, a bunch of different fruits and different variations of vanilla beans, etc. So it's exciting stuff. We're 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 uh, we've been having a lot of fun doing that. So outside of that, outside of my brewery. Um, Tried a couple nice light lagers, uh, Oddside Ales, which is here in Michigan. They do a pretty good, nice American light lager. Uh, it's been real hot, like I said. So, uh, you know, not nothing too exciting this week. Okay, that's okay. Well, it sounds like nice uh, brewed in-house milkshake IPAs. Can't argue with that, right? No, no, no. They're tasting real good, so I'm excited about that. Good stuff. Y- you really can't. You really can't. You know what, Tim? I think it is time for Truck and Taps Beers of the Week. Crack open a cold one. It's the Truck and Tap Beer of the Week. Woo-hoo! Craft beer and food trucks in downtown Woodstock. Truckandtap.com. Brian, as always, we've got some really good beers to get into. We are currently on an Arcadia L's, which seems topical and appropriate yes. to me, Brian. We're drinking the Mango Surprise, which is an IPA brewed with mango. Surprise. Surprise. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> We've also got a couple more from Arcadia. One we are definitely going to talk about more, their collaboration with Motorhead Road Crew. We'll get into that. We also have a barrel-aged shipwreck porter here. I got a few of those Florida beers that I was talking about, and one that, Brian, I know you're really looking forward to. Oh, I'm so looking forward to it. This is a uh, beer from, uh, I, I forget again, Rory, Norway, Iceland, Iceland from Iceland. Iceland, that the best I can tell is called Haviler 2. Okay. <laughs> and it is a beer made with sheep dung smoked well testicles. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. Well, I'm really looking forward to that. So absolutely. When you so said it, I have a beer made in Iceland, I was kind of thinking, are you threatening me? Yes, you're going to drink it too. Right? And, and it does sound like a yeah, threat. Absolutely. I'm going to try it. <laughs> Brian, what's happening in the news this week? What's in the news? The beer guys have the scoop. Extra, extra, read all about it. Time for headlines. Let's start with some good news. The Brewers Association has released mid-year growth data for independent craft brewers. The headline is, growth for small and independent craft brewers remains stable for the first half of 2018. Production volume for these breweries increased 5% during this time. That's stable. While more mature, the market continues to show demand for small and independent craft brewers, says Bart Watson, the Brewers Association chief economist. Hard to say that, Tim. Surprisingly Is that a little difficult. stumbly words. Yeah, there? a little bit. Yeah, they happen. As of June 30th, there were 6,655 active breweries, which is up from 5,562 during the comparable time frame last year, and as many as 3,000 breweries in planning. This means that 2018 is on pace to have the highest number of brewery openings and closings to date. You know, that's an interesting stat that you say that there's 6,500 and some now, right? Sure. But 3,000 in planning, so there's 50% as many. We're looking at 50% growth over total right now in 2018. That should open, I'm guessing, within about two years is the way that usually yeah, works out. Yeah, so. pretty much. Now, we know how that goes. Not all, all of them will open, but even if 75% of them did, that's a huge additional chunk of breweries there. 
And I'm wondering how that balances out because there's no way of collecting data for planned closings because I don't right. think they, people I really don't think plan they on typically it. plan. <laughs> Some might, but I don't think most do. All right. Progress has been made by researchers that could lead to a hop industry in Florida. The University of Florida, the USDA, and Florida Hops LLC got together and investigated a process of altered light treatment to successfully increase hop plant yields. So they're taking plants from a quarter of a pound of hops to a year in the first year to one or two pounds and up to three pounds per plant in the second year. They're basically extending the amount of time per day hot plants are exposed to light and interrupting the nighttime darkness, Tim. That's, that's a pretty big uh, yield increase there. And, and the crazy thing is, is using these lighting changes, they've also succeeded in being able to harvest hops months earlier than traditional markets. So if they get this off the ground, it could be a game changer. That's very awesome. And now for some craft beer drama. Toplin Goliath is suing former head brewer for breaking non-compete agreements. Chris Flinker left Toppling Goliath back in January of 2017 and is going to run a brewery nearby called Thu Brewing with his brother. His non-compete says he cannot work at a competing brewery for two years or with 150 miles of Toppling Goliath. So he has about five months left on his non-compete. And unfortunately, the brewery he's going to work at is 100 miles away from Toppling Goliath. So there's a lot of hullabaloo going on. With this, a lot of people are saying that they don't think it's going to hold up, but these are people with not much legal background. Right. So. They generally don't, but I guess we'll see what happens there. You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We do need to take a break, but we'll be back very soon to talk with Arcadia L. Looking for a great way to promote your business? CedarStream has what you need. For apparel, stickers, signs, and banners, we're your one-stop shop. There are never any art fees or setup fees. And if you need your items quickly, there's no additional charge for rush orders. Whether you own a brewery, bar, bottle shop, or other business, CedarStream is ready to serve you. Visit cedarstream.com for more info or call 800-686-7488 for immediate assistance. CedarStream. We print America. Craft beer forged with a reverence for tradition and new styles that start a revolution. Ironmonger Brewing. The brewers at Ironmonger Brewing pride themselves at being masters of barrel-aged, hoppy, and sour beers. They invite you to their tap room in Marietta, Georgia to taste and see. Also visit their barrel room for an intimate drinking experience with great live entertainment. Keep up to date on all things Ironmonger by liking them on Facebook. Ironmonger Brewing. Establishing a new standard in craft beer. guys on facebook twitter and instagram be the man you gotta beat the man Woo! now back to the beer guys radio show welcome back to the beer guys radio show for more great craft beer info visit us on the web at beerguysradio.com we're broadcasting from the beer guys radio studios at ironmonger brewing and we're talking with arcadia's ale director of sales stefan filippo stefan how's it going today sir it's going great how about you guys good man good so we just cracked open your barrel-aged shipwreck porter. All right. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about this beer? Yeah. So the one I actually sent you guys is from 2015. We do. We keep a library. Uh, we have about seven years of shipwreck porter. So I wanted. This is one of my favorite ones. I think it's held up 
incredibly well throughout the years. Still has a great bourbon character to it. Uh, kind of calmed down a little bit on the hops on it. So wanted to get you guys that one because that's one of my favorite ones. Um, Shipwreck Porter is a barrel-aged Baltic Porter. Here in Michigan, we have a lot of gypsum mines. So we actually uh, store all of our barrels. We're above ground. A lot of breweries used to be below ground. They kind of moved them back up. But um, we used to store all these barrels in a gypsum mine just uh, south of Grand Rapids. So great little story behind that beer. Interesting. So does the uh, the mine itself, other than being a, a dark, cold, you know, or, or cool open space, is there anything about the mine, the gypsum or limestone or any anything else that has an impact on the beer? Or is it just an ideal place to store some beer? You know, they somebody would probably tell you, oh, yeah, it plays a big part of it. But I think just that constant temperature, that ambient temperature uh, is just very important to aging a a big beer like that in a bourbon barrel. So uh, constant temperature, of course, is is the biggest part. So does the the gypsum mines, and I'm assuming there's a, a lot of gypsum there if there's mines, Brian, that would make sense, right? Sure. Yeah. yeah. So does that uh, impact your groundwater there, your brewing water? Um, no. So we're actually based out of Kalamazoo, Michigan now, so about 45 miles okay. south gotcha. of Grand Rapids. Uh, we don't have much mines in our area. And if you go about two hours east of us to Metro Detroit area, they have a lot of salt mines there. The gypsum, it doesn't affect the water. It actually is more of like a purification for the water. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. So you mentioned something about having like seven years of this beer set aside. Do you do that for a lot of your beers? Do you have a lot of vintages set aside? Yes, we do. And I'm actually drinking a 2014 barrel age cereal killer, which is our barley wine. So we try to, when we make a, when we do, or when we start to blend a new barrel aged beer, we put it in our library. We like to call it it's for our personal tasting also so that we can you know quality control issues but you have sold i think i saw on facebook that you were selling some of the the stock yes. online so that's a little yes. bit of so, a bonus there too exactly we um so we we started in battle creek michigan in 1996 and uh from 96 until 2018 we've gone through many different styles of beers as well as styles of packaging so we had a pallet in our warehouse uh, that hadn't been touched in a long time. And I started digging through there and I thought it'd be awesome to kind of take some of these vintage beers out and do a vintage beer sale. Of course, there was a, the task of testing all of it before we put it out for sale, which was a lot of fun. Uh, but oh, yeah, sure. we had some, we had some old stuff. We had some Imperial stouts from 99 that held up brilliantly. Um, a lot of our barrel aged stuff. We had all seven years of the shipwreck Porter, um, we've won some awards for Barrel Age Serial Killer, both at the World Beer Cup as well as the Great American Beer Festival, et cetera. So a uh, lot of fun doing that. Now, question for you uh, to get back kind of, I guess, the roots of the brewery there. You mentioned that it is British-inspired American brewed beers. So how does the British inspiration set you apart from other uh, typical brewers? Well, we do open fermentation for about 70% of the beers that we produce. We do have conical closed fermenters that we use, but uh, we have one proprietary Arcadia Ales yeast strain that comes to us via Shipyard Brewing, via the Ringwood Brewery in um, the UK. So we've been uh, keeping that strain uh, for about 
22 years now. So that kind of sets us apart with that open fermentation. Uh, we do a lot of cask ales, real ale. Uh, we, we try to we try to throw back to our, our British roots as well as stepping outside of the box. We do a lot of American beers as well. So we try to mix the both of them. And we're from Michigan, so we throw in a little bit of that Michigan flair as well. The Michigan flair, that's the important part, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> yes. the most important. That, that and the, the yeast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the most important part in my mind, at least, so, you know, a born and raised Michigander. So you got to have that Michigan flair. You know, we had another Michigan brewery on not uh, too long ago, Old Nation. Oh, on. yeah. And, oh, and we yeah. got to talk to them about uh, pretzels and pasties and youpers and just all kinds hey. of good stuff about Michigan uh, there. Sure. I have. I'm I'm a true blood youper. I wasn't raised in the UP, but both my parents were born and raised in the UP. So I get. I, I can say that I'm kind right. of a youper. You get it. Absolutely. You know, I got youper blood. So I know all about pasties. My, I'm also Finnish. So uh, the Finnish people, they came here to mine actually copper um in the up so uh my grandma made the best pasties i've ever had in my entire life god rest her soul i miss her pasties every day you know we actually confessed to this on the old nation show i don't think either of us have, has ever had a pasty have we bro? it kind of sounds dirty when you say talk about <laughs> yes. you make know. sure you hey. pronounce it correct yes <laughs> yeah don't, don't, don't say pasty no Okay. It's a different thing. That could get you in trouble once you cross the bridge up into the upper peninsula. See, we're learning tips for when we travel, Brian. Exactly. Don't don't talk about pasties. Now I'm confused. Pasties, Pasties, right? Pasties. 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 Talk about pasties. Don't talk about pasties. Exactly. So, Stefan, talking about the open fermentation, I'd like to talk about that just a little bit more because it's extremely interesting to me. We see some brewers that do that kind of as a a one-off or they do it for a special beer. Uh, yes. For many years, I think it wasn't until 2016. Is that right? Uh, that you oh, were exclusively open fermentation? Yes. yes, we brewed our first. It was actually the yeah the end of 2016. We brewed our first beer ever that was not that did not use our proprietary yeast. So therefore, was not in the open fermentation vessels. So those are essentially we have um, 400 barrel open fermenters. And then uh, 480s and then 240s. So, um, and those are all open fermentation. Therefore, we, a lot of the times we need to brew certain beers that are in our stable uh, to harvest this yeast. So it becomes uh, Dave Sippel, who's our director of brewing operations and Colt Dykstra, who is our head brewer. They spend a lot of time uh, making sure that we have the right brews in the schedule to make sure that we have uh, viable yeast for future brews. So it's a it's an awesome thing, but it takes a lot of work to make sure that we knock it out of the park every time, which we try to do. Sure. Yeah. Using that because it's so easy to get something else in there when you're doing open fermentation. Yeah. And it's, and it's, you know, our yeast is extremely viable. It's extremely healthy. So you'd be surprised how well it does. It stands up. It doesn't like other things coming into, and we have a close, an open fermentation cellar. So it's very, you know, we don't, we don't bring guests in there. We don't go in there unless you need to be working in there. Uh, We take every step to make sure that there is no contamination at all. They've got some yeast, Brian, that's uh, like street thug yeast. Don't come into my neighborhood. This is my house. (laughs) Enforcer yeast. Yes. That's, that's interesting that uh, yeast growth and propagation drive some of your brewing that I've not, I don't know if I've heard that before from anybody. I mean, sure it has to be a thing, but. Yeah, sure. well, yeah, very interesting. 
Yeah, because four of our of our fermenters are open fermenters. Uh, we cannot harvest off the bottom of them. So we're up there, um, you know, scooping yeast off the top. Uh, that's why forever we were Arcadia Ales. All we did was ales. Uh, we've stepped outside of that. We just did our first ever uh, Pilsner last year, uh, starting to use these other conical fermenters for new. Uh, Mango Surprise is actually an American IPA that's done with an American ale yeast. So um, we stepped away from that a little bit because we wanted to expand our portfolio. We also have a really great sour program, but uh, like I said, about 70 to 75% of our beers are all done through open fermentation. So that's, that's the horse of our brewery right there. Awesome, Stefan. But we're going to talk to you more about your sours program and other beers right after this. If you're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show, we need to take a quick break. It's Brian and Tim, the Beer Guys. If you're like us, no lunch or dinner is complete without a pint or two of craft beer. Which is why Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock and Alpharetta are always on our list. Tim, why do they call it Truck and Tap? Well, the tap part is easy, Brian. They've got 18 of them. As for the truck part, that's where it gets interesting. Truck and Tap features your favorite Atlanta area food trucks daily, so that way you're getting a different menu every day. Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and coming soon to Duluth in 2018. Truckandtap.com. Let them know that the Beer Guys sent you. We are Reformation Brewery, celebrating the reformer in you. Locally crafted within the renowned Etowah watershed of Woodstock, Georgia, Reformation creates yeast-forward brews full of aroma and flavor crafted to last. Come see us in beautiful Woodstock, Georgia, or a tour and tasting of unique brews that you can't find anywhere else. Reformation Brewery, set beer free. ReformationBrewery.com follow the beer guys on facebook twitter and instagram i believe you have my stapler now back to the beer guys radio show welcome back to the beer guys radio show we're broadcasting from the beer guys radio studios at ironmonger brewing and we're talking with stefan filippo of michigan's arcadia ales but before we get to him, we're going to talk to Atlanta's Catlanta, and we're going to drink a very interesting beer, Tim. Catlanta, Rory. Do you go by Cat, Catlanta, just Rory? When, when Just depends on what, the setting. Whatever the yeah, setting yeah. is, right? Well, whatever it is, uh, uh, Rory, you worked with us recently on a project, which we're going to talk about a little bit more, give people a teaser on what we've got doing. But first, we want to talk about this beer that you brought us. And you and I talked online a couple months ago about this. But why don't you share with everybody what this beer is that we're about to um, enjoy? Well, so back in March, I uh, was lucky enough to be able to go travel to Iceland, uh, which their craft beer scene is a little little lacking. But I heard about a special beer brewed with uh, sheep dung smoked whale testicles. And of course, it's called, (laughs) as best as I can tell, Floor Two. Two. Uh, And it... uh, it's interesting, uh, and okay. I've had a hard time finding anyone else to drink that it with. Drink so. it. Well, we'll do it. We don't. So, was there a Vlur one? I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Was it? Do you know what one was by any chance? I think it was just the whale testicles without the, without the, the dung smoke. Okay. I think it was yeah. the left one, and two is the right. <laughs> two one. is the right. Do you get it set? Do a, uh, exactly. a horizontal taste in it. Well, uh, Rory, thanks for sharing. Yeah, I appreciate no it. So, and while we enjoy this, we're going to talk. Uh, 
just real quickly about the project. There will be more info uh, coming soon on this. So this is just kind of a teaser on it. But we partnered, Rory, to do a original painting uh, with the theme of Georgia beer, Atlanta beer. And uh, we're going to auction this painting for charity. So all proceeds will go to benefit charity. And uh, it's a very cool painting. We have it here. And uh, in the near future, we're going to be sharing some pics of it on social media, trying to get people hyped up. And we'll announce our charity soon. But uh, we wanted to say thanks for working with us. We, we love this. And uh, you do a lot of work. Uh, around Atlanta, you work with other breweries and such as well, correct? Right, yeah. I've done a lot of work with uh, specifically Monday night, especially. Um, pretty much all their hand-painted signage at the new garage space. I've been up on a lift doing it at some point or another. So Right. So so I just took a sip of the beer. It's uh, it, it's fine. I mean, there's nothing really crazy. You get a little smoke, right? A little smoke. It's a little, it's got a, uh, there's a viscous body to it. I mean. Viscous? Yeah. <laughs> Do you get notes of dung? Yeah, it's, I don't really. I don't. And I guess I'm hoping it's because it was burnt out. Okay. I guess so they use it as a fuel a lot. So, uh, But Rory, thanks again uh, for sharing the beer, for doing the art. Please follow us on social media. We're going to release a lot more info on that soon. But uh, that's that's that, Brian. That is that, as they and say. And now it's time to talk more Arcadia L's with uh, Stefan Filippo. So, Stephen, just before we went to the break, we uh, we touched briefly on your Sours project. Uh, so yes. you want to tell us a little bit about your uh, Sours program there? Yeah. So um, our head brewer, Colt Dykstra, kind of cut his teeth at Natty Greens in North Carolina, uh, then moved to Jolly Pumpkin, which is a Michigan oh, brewery, uh, well known for their sour beers, Sure. and came to us about five years ago now. And he, um, he started playing around with, uh, some of our, our bourbon barrels. You know, we use our bourbon barrels one time and, um, he started playing around with a bunch of different beers, putting them in barrels, um, putting lacto bacillus and, uh, Britannomyces and all these different, um, all these different enzymes and bacteria into the beers. Uh, and we've kind of created a very, very nice, uh, sour program that we're very, very proud of. The first beer that we released was for our 20th anniversary. It was called Battle Creek, K-R-I-E-K, a little riff on the style, as well as the town where we started in 1996, Battle Creek, Michigan. Uh, That was a a very nice Brett beer that was then finished on 1,200 pounds of Michigan-grown tart cherries. Absolutely beautiful. So that beer came out in uh, around December of 2016. I had one of those last Friday, and it is absolutely phenomenal. So I was lucky enough to keep some in my own personal cellar. And um, that beer is just getting better with age. So we're really excited. Uh, We're rolling out some more sour beers uh, coming out. We have some in the tanks right now. Uh, We got some awesome French Saisons that have Brett in them. So we're we're really excited about that. That, As everybody knows, that's uh, an awesome style of beer that's been emerging. And we're we're right there with everybody. And we let our beers sit down as long as they need to we don't we don't ever try to push anything out uh unless it's ready so when we taste those beers uh if they're not ready to go uh they're not coming out it's it's just a really it's a really fun thing to do because uh you know in in my world uh in the marketing world and sales world you always want to have like a release date and with these beers it's kind of like hey when it's ready it'll come out 
So I really enjoy that because it kind of throws a twist on how we usually do things. Yeah, none of these long-term aged beers can you predict on. We we know some breweries that have tried to say, well, we're releasing it so-and-so date, you know, or this month. Yep. And it, exactly. well, we got to push it out a little bit. We got to push it out a little bit. And sometimes even when it gets to that final mile, it just won't quite be ready, the bottle conditioner, what have you. You know, I was thinking if you're a brewery in Michigan with a sour program, you pretty much have to do a creek, don't you? Yeah, yeah, you would you would think so. You would think so. You know, we are we, we I'm actually from Traverse City, Michigan, uh, which is the cherry capital. So, yeah, you would think that we would do something like that. Well, Stefan, we just opened this bottle of Motorhead Road Crew, or I, it might be Ruad Crew. There is an umlaut in there. I don't know. I'm not 100% sure about But we this. know it's Motorhead, right? It so, is. Motorhead. I'm pretty sure it's Motorhead. So we're English-inspired, as you know. Motorhead is a English band. Our um, founder and CEO, Tim Surprise, uh, he has a great connection with the U.K. Met some people over there, met the global merchandising team, uh, who actually does all the licensing for Motorhead, the band. And um, we started working with them. They came over, visited us in Kalamazoo. There were a couple other breweries in the running. They really liked what we did. Uh, they worked with a brewery called Cameron's in the UK, where they released the uh, English version of this beer, kind of a family-owned, similar to what we're doing here in the U.S. And uh, they really liked what we were doing. Uh, Kalamazoo is also the home of Gibson Guitars. Now they're in Nashville, but they started in Kalamazoo. So there's a lot of uh, rock and roll history in Kalamazoo. And they thought we were going to be the perfect fit to do the American and Canadian version of Motorhead Road Crew. So we were super excited about that. Um, what do you guys think about the beer? So I think it. I think it's tasty. Now, one thing I will say, I get a, um, is there Pilsner malt used in this? There is a little bit of a of yeah a pale malt. Okay, because I get uh, kind of that that pilsner and that's I guess the crackling, side, which yeah. is yep. which is not exactly. a bad thing. Just I yep. noticed that thing that makes sense. Sure, I was curious about that. You have an English version that's brewed and an American version. Is it the same recipe brewed by two different breweries? It is not the same recipe. No. So they did uh, an American inspired English uh, pale ale. And we did uh, an American IPA. Uh, it's got Centennial, Cascade, and Citra hops in it. Uh, but we didn't want to make it overly hoppy. We're uh, we're trying to appeal to the masses on this beer. Yeah, and I think it hit that pretty well because I would say I I'll say that I see the English inspiration exactly. in this American brewed IPA. You know, yes. it's, it's uh, approachable, approachable IPA. And because I'm not a West Coast fan, I don't like. And a lot of beers you see American on there, and it's just going to punch you in the face with with hops and bitterness. This one does not do that. So exactly, and that's what we were going for. I've been drinking a lot of it lately. It's just a great beer, six point two percent, so nothing too strong. Uh, we might not appeal to those super craft enthusiasts, but if you try the beer and you understand where you know the recipe as well as the idea behind it comes from, you'll understand that. We think that we hit it out of the park with it. And this is going to be available throughout your distribution footprint. Is that correct? Yeah. So we started in the Great Lakes region and uh, we're currently talking and working with distributors. There's a, a demand for this across the entire U.S. as well as Canada. And so we're working to get it to you as quickly as we can. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to the Beer Guys radio show. 
And we'll be back with more from our Arcadia Ales right after this. Are you thinking about opening a brewery in the Atlanta area? If so, take a look at the park at Georgetown. This unique community will feature a collection of restaurants as well as a craft brewery located within the new JW Homes luxury development, Dunwoody Green. Conveniently located less than half a mile from I-285, this enclave of restaurants will be the gathering place in Dunwoody. Crimin Associates, the developer of the park at Georgetown, wants to talk to you. For more information, call Stephen St. Paul at 404-256-2960, extension 5. That's 404-256-2960, extension 5. Craft beer forged with a reverence for tradition and new styles that start a revolution. Ironmonger Brewing. The brewers at Ironmonger Brewing pride themselves at being masters of barrel-aged, poppy, and sour beers. They invite you to their tap room in Marietta, Georgia to taste and see. Also visit their barrel room for an intimate drinking experience with great live entertainment. Keep up to date on all things Ironmonger by liking them on Facebook. Ironmonger Brewing. Establishing a new standard in craft beer. the beer guys on facebook twitter and instagram back off man i'm a scientist now back to the beer guys radio show welcome back to the beer guys radio show make sure to follow us on the socials beer guys radio on facebook twitter and instagram we're broadcasting from the beer guys radio studios at Ironmonger brewing and we're talking with stefan filippo from arcadia ales stefan we want to talk a little bit about some of your other beers we've talked here kind of on the ones that we've been drinking, of course, serial killer. It's always going to come up in a conversation. But, uh, what are you, what are your most popular beers there uh, at the brewery? Um, you know, year after year, we do a beer called Whitson. It's a wheat ale, um, summer coriander, orange peel, really refreshing. Uh, year after year, that is our is our number one beer as a brewery. Um, we also do, uh, the mango surprise that you guys are drinking right now. It's starting to give wits and a run for its, for its money. Um, just cause of the craze for IPAs and, and just the nature of that beer. So that'd probably be a, a close second behind Whitson currently. And then yeah. road crew, of course. Of oh, course. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Now we talked about this. I think it was off air. I don't remember if it was in the first segment or, or off air, Brian. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's not but we're going to talk point. about it again, either okay. way. Uh, milkshake IPAs and that. So you guys are kind of getting into the Northeast hazy milkshake beers. Yeah. We're, we're playing around with them right now. That's for sure. Okay. Any that have released or is this just all for, not, uh, this is all R&D. just pilot experimental R and D okay. work right now. So right. I have to know how, how is your stock of edible glitter? Because if you're doing that, <laughs> I think yes. you need to have some glitter on hand because that kind of makes the beer. We've already done one. Have you yeah. really? Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, you know, we know we were out there, but uh, we've asked a few and so far, no one will admit to us that they've done one, but we knew people were doing them. We saw them online. So now something interesting we found out, Stefan, that when looking up your beer information, one of your highest rated, uh, we're going to say beverages is not a beer, but actually uh, a mead that you did, correct? That you yeah. Did there. Yeah, so um, you guys are in the meat game too, huh? We've been playing around with it. We have some really, really great honey in Michigan. Uh, we actually work with. Um, there's a local 
uh, Community College, Kalamazoo Valley Community College. They have a sustainable brewing program. And uh, we hire and use a lot of their um, their students. And Pat, who is a student there who has been working with us for a little less than a year, he has been knocking out some amazing needs as of late. So it's very exciting. He's a, he's a young kid, but he definitely knows his craft. I was noticing there are a number of meads that you released this year. Have you started a full-fledged mead program? Is that what's happening here? Or have you been kind of playing with this for a while and just only now re- releasing it? We've been, you know, all the meads that we've done this year have been on our like pilot system. So they're 45 to 60 gallon batches. So not a ton of, of liquid, um, but I'd, I'd like to say that he has enough uh, in that he's been making uh, that we will start. Uh, we're going to be doing a, a some sort of meat thing. They've all been draft only at the tap room. We haven't distributed anything yet, but he's doing a great job. So we're going to let him roll with it. That's for sure. We're seeing mead more popular down here. I think uh, three or four meaderies in Georgia now, Brian. I think that's about right. I think it might be four at this point. Yeah. It's three. Yeah. Three or four. And today is actually Mead Day. It is. Wow, it is. Yes. Absolutely. August 4th, Mead Day. So a good day to celebrate. Uh, a couple of days ago was IPA Day. That's right. That's right. So, so many alcoholic celebrations this week. And I celebrated right. all of them. Yes, just, of course. Just rest assured it was taken care it of. It was taken care of. Absolutely. So, uh, Stefan, I want to talk about your label art, art a little bit because yeah. I know that's important to the identity of a brewery and that. And something we noticed that oddly, the ones we've got, we've got the Motorhead Road Crew and the Barrel Aid Shipwreck, which don't stick necessarily to the theme of all the label. The Mango Surprise is pretty close. But uh, yeah. one thing Brian mentioned to me is that a lot of your uh, your art has what looks like kind of a retro travel brochure kind of feel to it. Yes. It was, uh, was that kind of the look that you were going for? Well, we used to work with a company that did all of our, our artwork for our labels. Um, since we, uh, we we do a lot of our art in-house now. So that Shipwreck Porter label, uh, that's, uh, that's almost 10 years old now. So um, we've been sticking with that just for brand identity, but we like to kind of, we like to try to portray what we're doing with the beer on the label and not get too crazy. But yeah, I mean, it's because uh, we do it all in house. We, we have a great uh, nimble ability to kind of put whatever we want on the labels. So it's, it's, it's a fun thing to do. It's very cool. I, I, I like that, uh, that vintage and you see it a lot in calendars or posters or whatever, but it's it's cool. It's a cool thing. I, I like that style. I like yeah. to see that in beer bottles. I want to ask you about a beer that I saw that you made where you used Michigan malt and Michigan bittering halt, hops. Bittering yes. hops. Let's say yes. that right. What's uh I mean, what was that like? I'm I'm curious as to that if you can compare the malt and the hops to anything that we might know more you know mass market available i'm just curious because it's got to be pretty unique coming from michigan well you know michigan is actually a a huge wine state and um hops grow uh in the same climate for a lot of these wines uh we're at you know the 43rd through the 45th parallel 
uh, in lower Michigan. Um, so the hops, there's tons of hops that are being grown in Michigan currently, as well as malt. Um, and sometimes, you know, that beer that I think that you're talking about or referring to, a lot of it is very similar uh, than what you'd find, you know, from a malt uh, that maybe would be in interior Canada. So, or even in uh, Europe, because we used to get a lot of our malt from the UK. Uh, so not a huge difference. I'd say the hops are probably where you see the most difference. And that's uh, with the hops there uh, on the bittering end, does it show a pretty big difference in the beer? Yeah, it really depends on, of course, your timing and your boil and everything like that uh, to really showcase them. But uh, some of our some of our most popular hops right now, uh, copper is pretty big in Michigan, as well as Cascade hops. So some copper isn't really found everywhere, um, but Cascade is, you know, you can find that in the Yakima Valley on the West Coast, et cetera. Um, so same, I imagine it comes from the same genetic makeup than a lot of the other hops, but uh, it's, it's much different because of the soil that we have here in Michigan. Sure. Now the copper, I'm not even familiar with that one. So what are the characteristics of Copper hops. Copper is uh, a little, it's, I don't want to just throw the word dank around, but it's a little danker, a little earthier hop. Not so much bitter, um, not so much aroma, but um, it's a really nice hop to use. We've, we've used it in a couple of our pilots. We haven't really done anything with that in full production beers yet. Uh, just because it's hard to come about right now, but it's it's just a it's a nice earthy hop. That's uh that can be nice that earthy and like I said, dank is so overused. Yeah, some hops just have some dankness to it. I mean, they you, do. Yeah. you smell it and you're just like, oh, that's that's a dank hop. It kind of just rolls off your tongue. So now, something we want to talk about briefly. You mentioned uh, uh, briefly earlier about the festival you went to with the Michigan Brewers Guild. Yes, we know that the challenges in every state the guild faces them head on. We have a very active guild here in Georgia, but Michigan seems to be pretty liberal with that. What are some of the challenges that you face there, and what are some of the things that your guild would uh, like to change? Um, you know, right now uh, it's. We just have like a plethora of breweries inside the state, and they're just trying to make sure that every brewery from the small guys to the big guys are all represented properly, which we totally appreciate. Uh, the Michigan Brewers Guild, they do such a great job to unify all of us at these festivals. They put on four of them a year. Um, this last one was in Ypsilanti, Michigan, which is right by Ann Arbor and Metro Detroit, basically. So, you know, it, the Michigan Brewer Guild does such a good job of getting us all together. And, you know, on the brewery side, as you guys know, we all appreciate every other brewery just as much as ours. We like to get out there. We like to taste each other's beers, see what's going on. So it's just a great way to get everybody in the same area and just get out and see what's happening in the state of Michigan. Thanks for joining us, Stefan. If you'd like to keep up with what's happening at Arcadia Ales, be sure to like them on Facebook or give them a follow on Twitter or Instagram. Well, that about wraps it up for this week's show. We thank you all for tuning in. Coming up next week, we're going to be talking with Matt Lincecum from Seattle's Fremont Brewing. Remember to subscribe to Beer Guys Radio on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app, and please do leave us a review. If you enjoy the show, consider supporting us on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash beer guys. Our patrons get early access to all shows, 
exclusive content, and some cool swag. Thanks again for tuning in. Have a great week, and don't forget to drink local. Cheers. Thank you.